0: Hey everybody. Welcome to Noon on Tuesday. It is Gina here. And on the phone today, we are going to catch up with Janet Fletcher, who is a writer, an author, and a cheese lover. Welcome Janet. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you.
0: Good, good. Well, I know you are calling us from the beautiful Napa Valley. Um you were all okay? Everything that happened up there?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I am. I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah. And other people were not so lucky. Wow. Uh, We've had a lot of, lot of damage, but uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful up here. We really want people to come up. I mean, you can drive all over Napa Valley and not see uh, the fire danger because the fire damage. It was mostly in the hills yeah. and uh, it's still it's a beautiful place to visit in the in the late fall. So right. I would just encourage people to come come see us.
0: Come to Napa. Go to Napa. Visit Napa Valley. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Wish I could make it up there. I tell you. <laughs> so Janet, um, for people that may have um, not read you before or heard about you, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I'm a food writer, a general food writer, and I've been doing it for a long time. I've written. I'm working on my 30th cookbook, Thirty, 30? uh, but I'm also, I mean, the reason I know you is through cheese. Cheese <laughs> has become a, a real a specialty over the last 15 years or so. I write a blog called Planet Cheese uh, every week, and I uh, have written three books on cheese. So it's, yes. a real, it's a real passion.
0: That is a passion, Janet. And can I tell you a story? When we first opened Venissimo 14 years ago, I think one of the first books I bought was your cheese course.
1: Well, very good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was my first book on cheese, and it's still in print. Yes. uh, And it was followed by a book called Cheese and Wine, Mm -hmm. which is my bestseller. Okay. And then about uh, four years ago, maybe, I wrote Cheese and Beer three -hmm. years ago.
0: Oh, that is really yeah. great. And I know we got to meet you because you were here in San Diego for book signing once for Cheese and Beer, and yeah, that was fabulous. That was
1: pretty cool. It was yeah, really always happy cool. to be in your stores.
0: Oh, yeah. super. We're always happy to see you. We're doing, you know, it's, it's Beer Week here in San Diego. It's maybe everywhere, I don't know, Beer Week here in San Diego anyway. So we have a lot of beer and cheese classes and stuff going on and featuring your book, Janet. So,
1: yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, I know San Diego is like ground zero for craft beer. Isn't that crazy? I think you have more breweries per capita than any other county in the in the country.
0: Yeah, that's just so, wild to me. You wonder why here. But I'm glad we have something because I get jealous about Napa Valley because you guys have everything. <laughs> Those produce. Well, we, oh, and I. we're starting
1: to get more beer, so yeah. that's pretty exciting. <gasps> that's right. Uh, we don't have cheesemakers. We do not have cheesemakers. They're None? mostly in Sonoma County yeah. and Maringa. But uh, it's all grapes up here.
0: All grapes, and they're delicious, indeed. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but you're close
0: enough to those lovely cheesemakers, so that's nice. That's nice.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a you know a really fun little weekend trip to come up here and go touring around Sonoma and Marin County. There are a few uh, cheesemakers that will welcome visitors. Uh, yeah. you know, a few places where you can go and see a little bit of cheese making, maybe through a plate glass window, but. Uh, you can buy cheese direct on, you know, on the farm. Sure. So it's, a, it's a, fun, uh, a, fun a fun experience for people who are traveling up here.
0: Right, right. One place I know that has that uh, view is um, Nicasio, right? It has their little store up front. Yes. You can kind of see uh, yeah, into their that's production. that's a great uh, mm-hmm. operation.
1: They started <clears throat> making cheese maybe six or seven years ago. They've been in the fluid milk business for a long time, very successfully. And uh, they started making cheese, and they... Uh, went back to uh, Switzerland to the Italian speaking part of Switzerland where their great grandfather was from ah. and they yeah. found a cheesemaker they loved and they asked him if he would help them create cheeses you know from their heritage so kind of Swiss Italian type cheeses mm-hmm. and they make them with their own their own milk they have uh, a few hundred acres in yeah. Ren County, mm-hmm. And so it's all, it's farmstead. It's all their own milk. And uh, the cheese I make, they make that I love most is one called Tomino, T-O-M-I-N-O. Uh, it's really oh. tasty little, tasty a, little disc.
0: A tasty little disc. I need to taste that disc. I don't, can't say that I have the Tomino. Mm. Yeah,
1: it's kind of a hybrid. It's got a, mm-hmm. it's a bloomy rind, but it's also got a wash on it. So huh. it's got a little bit of funk, but yeah. it's creamy and, and yummy.
0: Ooh, sounds good. I got to visit those cows, Janet. I know exactly what you speak of, their big farm. Because um, I rode through there when I rode the Vespa from Seattle down to San Diego visiting cheesemakers. And get this, mm-hmm. I stop at Nicasio. You know, it's, it's remote where where they are. Um not much around and I, there's maybe two cars parked in the lot and my vespa. Go inside and I'm looking around and talking and watching the cheese get made. Um and then up walks a person, you know, as I'm getting, you know, back outside to the vespa and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we know venissimo We shop at one of your shops." Is that crazy that I happened to be there yeah. the minute that somebody else was there? <laughs>
1: That's lovely. Yeah,
0: it it is a small cheese world. It's a small cheese world, and that is what I was going to just bring up. Is it how cool is it, Janet? And do you still see that? Because you've been writing about cheese. I know you wrote. You know, you still in write for San Francisco Chronicle. You do articles about cheese a lot. Do you still see that that camaraderie in the cheese business? And
1: yeah, I mean, it's gotten to be a bigger pie, but I think everybody. It's there's a lot of. Uh, just desire to help each other, to help them, especially among the American cheese community, to help each other get better. Yeah. That, that sentiment that our uh, time raises I think it's it's really um, prevalent in the American cheese community. So doesn't anybody need good for American cheeses to be um, mm-hmm. inferior? So everybody's interested in helping their colleagues get better and better.
0: And better. Yeah, that's really great. And we have gotten better, right, Janet? I mean, winning world cheese competitions, not just, you know, here in the U.S., right?
1: Absolutely. I think we can be very proud of our domestic cheeses, uh, especially how far we've come in such a short time. Yeah. I think about some European cheeses that have been made for centuries, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, Conte and uh, Gruyere, and we're making cheeses that are you know, on a par with them after really just a generation or two of of cheese making.
0: Yeah, that's really super. Really super. Well, I was reading a little bit um, about you, Janet, and I I understand you went to college in Provence or you spent some time there in France?
1: What I really remember from those days is a 19-year-old in in the south of France in the town of Aix Mm -hmm. was going to the farmer's market and seeing... 10 different types of goat cheese. I don't think I even knew goat cheese existed, much less <laughs> that it was, it was uh, fresh goat cheeses that were really soft, down to, you know, cheeses that were, uh, you know, as a hard as a rock that you had to grate. Sure. So I, I just had my eyes opened about the variety of cheeses and also that whole ritual of having cheese at the end of the meal and uh, you know, a whole platter of cheeses would come to the table, or if you were in a restaurant, there would be this cart that the waiter would wheel right. over, and you got, you got all the cheeses that you wanted. It was just eye-opening for me, yeah. and it, it really started me down this path.
0: Oh, of the cheese. And it, it sounds like um, you then came back to the States and fell in love with the farmer's markets here, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of how it happened, Gina. Mm-hmm. I, um, uh, did start shopping at farmers markets, and this was really back in the early 80s. So there weren't a lot of them,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: we, they, they were starting to pop up. And I, I ended up writing a book, Fresh from the Farmers Market. And that really, yeah. the early, I think it was really the first book about American farmers markets and encouraging people to shop at the farmers market and uh, get to know what grew in each season and how to select it and then how to use it at home. Uh, with some very simple recipes. And the book is still in print, I'm happy to say.
0: That is really great. That is super cool. Um, Then, I understand, did you spend some time at the lovely Chez Panisse?
1: Yeah, I did. That was actually before the book. That was my kind of my training ground. Uh, After college, I went to cooking school Mm -hmm. and then ended up uh, getting a job at Chez Panisse right when they were opening the cafe upstairs. So that's where I worked, and I, I learned some really good... Uh, Habits and attitudes, uh, it was just a very formative experience and Mm -hmm. has shaped my, you know, the shape, the way I think about food and about uh, eating and
0: um,
1: it changed my life. Changed the life, isn't it? Experiences can can happen to you when you're... Uh, twenty or twenty-two, or you—you just have your eyes open. And, yeah, uh, I, I loved. I just loved being there.
0: You did really receptive to it. Isn't that interesting? That just part of the life can lead you some direction that you fall in love with, and yeah, that's really great. Um, did you uh on the cooking? I see a lot of the books have like cheese recipes. Do you make your own cheese? Do you like to make fresh cheeses yourself? I know you have a book called Yogurt. Oh.
1: Yeah, I love making yogurt. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. actually, I'm doing a little uh, ricotta demo. So I, I do make very simple cheeses like ricotta uh, or labneh, which is just you know mm-hmm. yogurt that you've drained until it's like cheese. Uh, I've made uh, fromage blanc, but that's about as far as I go. I don't get into aging cheeses or yeah. doing anything more complex than ricotta. But your own homemade ricotta is... is
0: Killer. Right, It's killer. <laughs> Don't you just really, wonder the... <laughs> never
1: tastes ricotta as good as the one you make.
0: Yeah, and why would you ever buy it again, right, once you've made some? I have to oh. agree with you there.
1: Well, I do buy it, but I, yeah. I love the bellwether. I love the mm-hmm. um, Calabro. I do buy it, but if you ever, you know, if you have the time to spare and yeah. want in a, in a DIY mood, making your own ricotta is, is very oh. satisfying. Right. It's so fun to turn that basket upside down on the table for guests and <laughs> everybody's always with, that you made
0: your own ricotta. Ooh and ah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yes, I slaved away, and <laughs> no, that is so right. perfect, perfect, perfect. No, I'm with you. I got to leave the the cheese making to the experts, and thank goodness there are so many good experts out there now. That's all I can say. <laughs>
1: really. Yeah, it's, you know, it's clearly not easy to make good cheese because we've all had a lot of not very good cheese, yes. and it's it's just. It's just not easy to get all the um, all the parts lined up That's and all. the aging right. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, I really applaud these cheesemakers who hang in there and bring us such beautiful cheeses because yeah. it's a long learning curve.
0: Oh, me too. Me too. Do you have um, like overall absolute favorites? I know it's hard to choose, but is there something that you just really love that really resonates with you?
1: Well, I don't have a single favorite cheese, but I would say that my favorite category of cheeses would be the aged sheep's milk cheeses. Mm, mm -hmm. Like Ape de Balac or Ossoyrati or Pecorinos that have some age on them, Manchego that's maybe Mm -hmm. three to six months old. Um, I love those Spanish sheep's milk cheeses. Yeah, the sheep. And what would that be?
0: <laughs> I think we've got sheep <laughs> in San Diego now. Did you know?
1: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the sheep. Well, if I'm, if you have a, if you serve me a platter of cheese and there's an aged sheep smoked cheese on it, that's the one I'm going to go to.
0: You're happy there. You're happy. This is good to know. So you are the expert, Janet. Can you share with us with those aged sheep?s Do you have a special wine if you're going to pick one varietal, say, to go with it? What would that be?
1: Well, I'm kind of a Cabernet drinker, mm-hmm. and I love the tannin in Cabernet, the structure of a good Cabernet, especially on the younger side. Mm-hmm. Not big on, you know, super aged um, red wines, but I like them kind of young, and when they have a lot of fruit and still have a lot of tannin, and I think that it's a great match for those sheep smoked cheeses, which are kind of like the cheese equivalent of a lamb chop. And <laughs> certainly, with a lamb chop, you're going to have a nice bottle of Cabernet, or I would so. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That I would. Yeah, Cabernet my go-to. Is the
0: go-to for that and pairs nicely. What about on the beer side? What would you recommend with something like the aged sheep's?
1: Well, you need a, a beer that has some um, power to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the upper alcohol okay. <laughs> range. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. really like with those. Those cheeses have some buttery notes to them, buttery and nutty. Mm-hmm. So I want a cheese that's more malty. Uh, Not a hoppy beer like an IPA. I wouldn't go there, but I would go to the uh, beers that are more malty, like a (laughs) Doppelbach, that that, has alcohol and the malt uh, for those cheeses. Uh, Some of the Belgian beers, like doubles, Mm -hmm. um, have uh, a lot of spice to them and alcohol. Those are great with Eight sheep's note cheeses.
0: Ooh, and did you to do your books, Jen, Are you just testing these all the time? How do you? How does one come? <laughs> you know, <It's> what a <laughs> whole lot of eating and drinking. Exactly. You know? I, would, I would say like it's constant. A
1: whole <laughs> lot of, of tasting. Yeah. yeah, you know, really. Yeah. But no, it's, like, it's just a, it's an accumulation of notes over time and experiences over time. I do take notes, and I yeah. just would encourage others to take notes about you if you want to. Get better or learn mm-hmm. more. Uh, it's kind of hard to remember all these things, so start a little, you know, file and yeah. keep, uh, keep notes on what you taste and what you like, sure. and uh, share it with the merchants where you shop because they'll then direct you to the right um, that cheeses and, and beers and wines yeah. that you're likely to enjoy.
0: No, that's awesome. What have you seen change, uh, Janet? Like in the world of you know back. 14 years ago when we started Venissimo, there were very few American cheese shops, but now there's really a lot. Are you seeing any trends? Um, Are you seeing things that are more driving you crazy, things that you're liking to see in the whole sale of cheese, the world of cheese?
1: Well, I really like uh, shops that have a carefully curated selection. Mm -hmm. I'm happier in a shop that's you know, small, mm-hmm. and or they have a point of view, and they they're just selling a handful of things as opposed to the shop that tries to be everything to everybody. Yeah. That said, I think Whole Foods does a really good job sure. with cheese. Mm-hmm. You do have to have, serve the kind of customer who just wants to grab and go, and they do a you know a pretty good job at uh, servicing at that, that kind of experience. But of course, I, I love shopping uh, with the independents. Um, merchants who do their own buying and buy a lot of local things. I would say that's really has uh, become a a trend in cheese shops is the support of what's local. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. wherever you go, whether I'm in Vermont or Michigan or Wisconsin, I know that I'm going to look for that cheese shop and I'm going to find a cheese shop that's really... Uh, prioritizing the local yeah. uh, product.
0: which is so super nice. For us, the most local, you know, mostly we can get is, of course, Northern California um, with all its beautiful cheeses. But, yeah, it's so interesting. Um, it's so nice now that we have such a good variety local and domestically than we do from out of the country. It's just awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, there's, uh, We have – I mean, I can't think of any style we don't make. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: So, mm-hmm. And you know, American cheese makers, like American beer makers, are um, I think more experimental than their European counterparts. So we see a lot of one-off kinds of stuff, like cheeses washed with, a local, you know, uh, the neighbor's beer. Or yes, sure, exactly. <laughs> Some with cider, green and... spices, or seasonings, or you know, grape leaves. Or
0: yeah,
1: uh, not that Europeans don't do this too, but I think there's a desire in the U.S. to do make cheeses that others don't make.
0: Yeah, isn't that interesting? We um, talked to a French cheesemaker, and um, he said that that American spirit is what's... We're not bound by old world traditions, that a certain cheese has to be made exactly this certain way. So then it's kind of like this wild experimentation that we see in the U.S. with some of the cheeses, which I kind of agree. Yeah, it's just... People will try anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that has its downside. And if you don't... um one reason cheeses like you know, French Comte is mm-hmm. so fabulous is because they've made it forever and they make it according to a recipe and they hand that down, and uh, <laughs> there's just a consistency that yes, comes out of that exactly. kind of experience
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's, that's admirable. Um, yeah.
0: And so it's good to have both, you know, both worlds <laughs> the experimentational yeah. world and then the one where you know what you're going to get, like you said, with the Comte or the Parmigiano Reggiano. Right?
1: Right. You can always count on getting a great piece of that, as long as the merchant has handled it well.
0: Sure, 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 which is a whole other episode.
1: (laughs) Tricky, tricky. Well, yeah, for sure. You know, one, you asked about pet peeves, and I would say one thing that um, I'm noticing, maybe because I just am more attuned to it now, uh, is a lot of cheeses that I buy at retail Mm -hmm. are a little bit, they're oxidized. Mm -hmm. They... um, have a stale taste to them on the outside, and so I always like to see the merchant scrape a bit off the outside because cheese is just oxidized taste when they're wrapped in plastic and they're in that um, space with the lights on them.
0: Mm -hmm. No, it's true. It's a very, very good point. They have to be unwrapped and treated. People need to know that this is a living product and that breathing is so important, and you're right. Scraping off that little thin layer makes such a difference from what's underneath to what's underneath. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I didn't realize it until I heard someone, uh, a, a scientist speak about this recently, but the lights in a cheese case are really damaging yeah. uh, for cheese. So I uh, you know, I like to shop at stores where they they have a lot of turnover and where yeah. I know they're rewrapping the cheeses uh, frequently. Exactly. If I get it home and it tastes kind of stale, and I would encourage other people to do this, if it tastes a little bit stale and cardboardy, take your knife or a cheese plane and scrape off that outer layer and underneath you're going to have a nice fresh yeah. taste and aroma uh,
0: that's a that's a super tip janet super tip and never ever throw it away when you feel that outside is just has that taste underneath will be good yes and i think it's important though to because cheese it's an expensive product like we encourage so often to sample it because each wheel's different perhaps it has been wrapped a long time you got to sample that piece before you buy it I think.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, yeah, never hesitate to ask uh, ask for a taste.
0: Exactly. Know what you're going to get. What keeps you going, Janet? Um, How how does one write 30 cookbooks? How do you know your next topic? I mean, to me, that's mind-blowing. I can't even get one done the way I would
1: like. Well, I'm always (laughs) looking at... um, you know, I read a lot. I follow what yeah. other people are doing. I'm always looking for trends mm-hmm. uh, and something that just flips my switch. A lot of projects come to me. I do a lot of collaborations with with chefs or, uh, you know, other people who want to write a book and don't yeah. have the time or the mm-hmm. capabilities. So I have done a lot of collaborating over the years. And uh, currently I'm collaborating with Wine Institute, the trade association for the California wine industry oh, on a nice. book about sustainability mm-hmm. so i'm writing about sustainability in California agriculture yeah. and uh grape growing and it's a cookbook um and nice just really fun project
0: fun project are you seeing um California like do more and more of that like the the focus is becoming on that more sustainability
1: oh i think everybody's yeah well, i shouldn't say everybody but most thinking people are focused on how they can uh, grow their crop with less water, sure. with fewer chemicals, um, yeah, you know, with more um, environmental sensitivity, mm-hmm. and a lot of that. The uh, sustainability extends to workplace issues and you know, how you treat your employees. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's part of the definition of sure a sustainability. So do you are you running a a sensitive operation uh, yeah. where people want to be, and you're treating people well and paying mm-hmm. them well and. Um, Providing opportunities for advancement and yeah, uh, and growth, and and that's all part of the. Definition. At yes, least in exactly. The, at least in the wine industry, it
0: is. Yeah, and you're so much in the heart of it. Was it hard to write a book about beer and cheese when you're in the heart of wine country?
1: <laughs> uh, no, it was okay. not hard for a, a second. <laughs> it was a little pleasure. I was just really sorry when it ended, and I've been trying yeah. ever since to think how to do a sequel because <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. <laughs> you know, I once heard a, a very well-known food writer talk about how she— you know, she she had been told for years that you should write about what you know, mm-hmm. but that she got the most pleasure about writing about things that she didn't know because then you get to learn. Yeah. And that's what the Truth and Beer book was for me. It was a, just a deep dive into craft beer. Yeah. And I have not come up for air yet. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> so just, many to try. I just, so love,
1: I just love these beers. But The hard part is, because I still am a daily wine drinker too, it's just really hard to find enough time for you know both wine and beer in, in a single day yeah,
0: true <laughs> but, good point <laughs> you have
1: to alternate I'm, or <laughs> I'm <working on> it.
0: <laughs> when you figure out that plan write a book on how you do that right because <laughs> i think people would like to know
1: yeah <laughs> but I well like in my it. house we tend to have uh, we'll have beer at lunch and wine at dinner oh that's a
0: good plan that's a good plan
1: yeah.
0: oh so good um if somebody, hmm, this is the age old question. If, if you're going to pick one or the other, when would you pick wine with cheese versus beer with cheese? Any?
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, happy with either one. And I just, I do find that there are some cheeses that are hard on wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never found a cheese that I can't find a beer for. But okay. there are some cheeses that really are just so potent that they are. Um, a challenge for wine yes but you know it's more about the context if I'm with a bunch of beer drinkers then we're going to have sure. beer with our cheese mm-hmm. and vice versa um I, some of the like blue cheeses that are quite pungent are yeah. um, you either have to have a sweet wine or you know go with a beer I don't like yeah. to mix beer and wine at a single meal so mm-hmm. I'm, we're either going to pick one of the, sure. yeah, yeah. the other sure yeah yeah yeah
0: Oh, nice, nice. What do you think is the perfect? If you're doing a, a little pairing, like let's say you want to have a little party at your house with friends, would you say do like three pairings, Fears and wines? You know, uh, you know, three beers. Yeah, I think three people get beer.
1: confused mm-hmm. after, with too much uh, going on. When we're having like a dinner party, a seated yeah. dinner party, we would tend to only have uh, three cheeses max. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, sometimes, Gina, I'll just serve one perfect cheese yes. <laughs> with a. Um, You know, a wine or a beer that really goes with it. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope people will feel that they that that's something they can do at home. Is you don't have to have a giant platter with five cheeses on it and condiments, Mm -hmm. nuts, and the. I mean, that's beautiful, uh, but and very enticing if you have the time to go to that effort. But it's also very satisfying to just go to a cheese shop and find one amazing, fabulous, unusual you know, hard-to-get cheese, sure. buy a big piece of it and mm. and serve that and make a big deal out of having something that's really a singular and special.
0: Ooh, that's a good idea. Would you just, Janet, uh, could we just put a big wedge? Would you put a big wedge in the center of a board with accoutrements around it? What would you picture the yeah, one wedge? Yeah, you could do serving? that. Yeah.
1: I, am, um, I don't fuss, honestly. I... Um, Sometimes it depends on the season. Right now, we're deep in persimmon season, so Mm. I would have persimmons or grapes, Mm -hmm. apples. I was also, you know, all the great fall fruit now. Apples, pears, and then uh, fresh nuts are just coming in. So just to have some cheese with some walnuts that are in the shell um, is and pass the nutcrackers. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The great thing about cheese, Gina, for me, the great Uh thing about the cheese board at the end of a meal is that it gives you an excuse to sit around the table a little bit longer. Yeah. So we always have it we don't I don't have cheese as an appetizer typically. I have it at the end of the meal and we open another bottle of wine and we just hang out uh, yeah. longer. And that's what it's all about relaxing mm-hmm. and conversation the meal, the meal down.
0: Yeah. So. That's a super good point. And you would do that well you'll do it after your if you have any dessert, right? you like let's say you had a little chocolate cake. No, I, we don't what typically do?
1: well we rarely have dessert. We have cheese instead Perfect. of dessert. Perfect. Okay. Um, if I, you know, if there for some reason I'm having dessert, it would come after the cheese. But nice. Usually we end with cheese. Yeah. And uh, I think people are pretty satisfied.
0: Yeah. It's, it really is. I don't think, I, I don't know how anyone could argue that that's not like the best dessert. <laughs> I don't know personally, but I'm biased.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. I think um, it is. Ends the meal on a. It can end the meal on a sweet note. Sometimes yeah. we'll have a, a sweet wine, like a, you know, an off dry sherry or a Madeira or a port with mm. cheese, and, and mm-hmm. it really becomes like dessert. Sometimes I'll take, especially in winter, I'll take a really incredible blue cheese that I've found, yeah, and uh, serve it with some nuts that I've toasted, like almonds and mm. hazelnuts and walnuts. A combination, and then I fold those into honey, yeah, and serve that with the blue cheese and a, a sweet wine, and that's you know oh, that's that's how perfect. Dessert. There's I, dessert. I <laughs> We're really good. Ten minutes.
0: Ten minutes, and who you can't beat that ten minute dessert. You heard it here. Okay, Janet, we just that's learned right. of something today, and I don't know if they grow these up. I don't know where these come from. Okay, I'm holding up, and I wish you could see it. It's called a hidden rose apple, and it's pink inside. Have you ever seen this?
1: Well, I've seen apples that are pink inside, yeah. but not that particular one. There's one called Pink Pearl.
0: Okay, that maybe similar. Some of
1: the California growers, yeah, grow. <gasps> what, yeah.
0: What, what would you put with that? What do you What do you like best with apples? Since it's such a good apple season. Oh,
1: you know, it's more that uh, I don't really think in those terms, Gina. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, okay. if, um, I, it's you know, if it's apple season, then I might have apples with my cheese course. But I also just. Uh, I am not unhappy <laughs> with just beautiful piece of cheese and nothing yeah. else, sometimes not even bread sure. mm-hmm. uh, or crackers. I just want to focus on that beautiful cheese. Yeah. So I don't uh, – I think people come to my house sometimes and they think there's, I'm going to have this fabulous cheese platter with all oh, the I'm condiments. Sure. <laughs> and then, and sometimes, but sometimes it's just a, a great piece of cheese. Yeah.
0: That's all you need. That's all you need. Keep it simple. Yeah. On that note, Janet, thank you for sharing. Um, what, what is your it's next book that we should be looking for?
1: <laughs> well, it's not related to cheese, but certainly people, um, the cheese lovers who are uh-huh. listening, I hope they will sign up for my uh, blog e-, e e newsletter, which is called Planet Cheese, and they can find it. Uh, they can subscribe on my website, which is JanetFletcher.com. dot com.
0: Perfect, and
1: uh, they. We'll get Planet Cheese every week. It's just a way to learn something new about cheese every week. Yeah.
0: And there's so much to learn. Um, And thank you so much. Have a very happy fall and holidays. And I'm going to go think of which one wedge I'm going to finish dinner with tonight. (laughs) So, everybody, yes, thank you, Janet. Take care. You're welcome. Chat again soon. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk next week. Ciao. Fellow cheese lovers, Cheese Whiz Gina here, and I invite you to subscribe to our Noon on Tuesday podcast to hear all about cheese all the time. You can listen on iTunes or SoundCloud, or subscribe via feed burner under Noon on Tuesday. You can also watch us live every week on Facebook at Venissimo Cheese at you guessed it, Noon every Tuesday Pacific time. We're fun, we're cheesy, so tune in and tell your friends to tune in too. Ciao. <laughs>